Let's look ahead to Saturday. Waiver wire streaming options, four games on in the NBA, some injury updates, and of course, the one and only Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd. Glasses, jacket, shirt. Call me glasses, jacket, shirt man. You can also call me the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball, on TikTok at redrock underscore bball, and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you also for making locked on fantasy basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. What do you want to be today? Are you going to be a double banger? Are you going to be my Anita Ward? Are you going to do both? Subscribe, bell, comments, all platforms. Listen multiple times. You know how it helps the show. We're here to talk about the games on Saturday in the NBA. There are only four of them after a ridiculous 14-game day uh, in the NBA on Friday. A lot of stuff flying around at the moment. John Kaminga's uh, lost faith in Steve Kerr. Whispers from Chris Haynes about a DeJounte Murray trade that he thinks is definitely going to happen. Didn't say to where. Um, yes, that, that DeJounte Murray trade is one of the most underrated worst trades in recent years. They still owe, I think they gave up three firsts and a swap to the Spurs. And he's been obviously nowhere near that. And now they're like looking to get out of the DeJounte Murray Murray business. I guess they get at least one first back, but man, what a terrible trade that was. Anyway, that is okay, because that's not happening at the moment. That'll be all happening when we do, as I'm breaking, I'm not breaking news, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to do a live trade deadline show. I haven't actually set anything up for it. But we will do a live trade deadline show on this channel. We will get thousands of you blokes in here. We will do instant analysis uh, on deals that go down. And that's about a month away. Probably should start planning for it, shouldn't I? I probably should. Let's talk about injury updates. It is a little bit of a hard show to do today because of all the eight teams that play, seven of them are also playing on Friday. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that develops. So just bear all that in mind when we're talking about stuff here. What I'm pretty confident in expecting is that Dylan Brooks is going to be out for the Rockets. He's still dealing with that oblique strain. We did get news just as I was going to air here that Al Horford is out on Friday. So he will play on Saturday. So it is the back-to-back. So he will play on Saturday. No word about Porzingis sitting. I think he's okay to go through back-to-backs now. And all these other ones, we just don't know their statuses currently for the games on uh, on Friday in a lot of these cases. What we do know is that um, Bruce Brown still remains questionable for Friday. So I'm going to put him questionable for Saturday. Andrew Nembhard has been ruled out for Friday, but not ruled out for Saturday. Landry Shamet is still... Uh, I think he... Actually, he might have been ruled out here, Shamet. I think that's true. Yep, he's been ruled out for Friday, but not for Saturday. Um, the wave pool, D'Anthony Melton, has been ruled out for Friday, but not for Saturday. Of course, so many of these situations. Robert Covington, he's questionable still for Friday. And... Yeah, we don't know if he's going to play on Saturday while Tari this season is out on Friday and we don't know if he plays on Saturday. Is this out for Eason, who's missed a bunch of time here? Is he out because it is the first of a back-to-back or is the lower leg soreness, which has seemed to have plagued him all season, um, a real problem? And if this lingers, I don't know that he's actually good enough 
to hold through these problems. It is good that you can slot him in IL, but with all the the limited minute overall upside for Eason and now a lingering leg soreness, leg fracture, stress reaction problem, that's not great. So we'll see where this goes. And But if Eason doesn't play on Saturday, I think we need to start having a few more discussions about what we do with him um, for the rest of this season, or at least in the short term. So that's where we're at. With those, there is, of course, no back-to-back across Saturday or Sunday as well. So we don't have any double streams there. So chunking it up is going to be more important than trying to hit the Saturday-Sunday combination. In terms of streams of the day, we are going heavy into Knicks and Pacers. Our 10-team stream is going to be the Big Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. Your 12-team is Josh the Hitman Hart. But I'll be fair. I'll be fairly honest with you guys. Um, I... I don't think there's a ton of great options on Saturday for streaming. There's only four games on. There's not these great standout must roster guys now. Like Someone like Isaiah Hartenstein has jumped past my cutoff. He's up to 67%, but obviously we'd still be going with him. I don't know why it's not hitting 80 yet. And I, I there is definitely not 33% of dead leagues. I think I believe there's about 20 to 21% of dead leagues on Yahoo. Maybe, maybe 18, around that mark, I would say of dead leagues over there. And yeah, Hartenstein's still like available in plenty of active formats. Um, but for the cutoffs that I've used, we're not going to talk about him outside of the two minutes that I just waffled there. The 14-team leaguer is Isaiah Jackson. The 16-team leaguer is Jalen Smith, but you could easily reverse those. Jackson is currently the backup center, and I'm doing this with the expectation that Sticks starts at power forward, but they could change that. And if Sticks moves back to the bench, then maybe he's the backup center and Isaiah Jackson gets zero minutes. Their rotation is really one of the hardest at the moment to figure out because it changes literally game by game. And this is what does happen when you have a team, and this happened with the Thunder even a little bit this season, but more last season. We've got your top end guy like Halliburton. Then you've got your next guy in Miles Turner. But then you've got 10 guys who are roughly the same level. Think if you're playing NBA 2K, right? And... You've got your 90-odd player, which is Halliburton. You've got your 86 or whatever, which is Turner. And then you've got 10 guys who are rated between 80 and 77. So how you give the minutes each game, like there's no clear standout. We've got Nempard and Heald and yeah, McConnell and Brown and Neesmith and Toppen and Smith and Jackson. And yeah, they're all sort of over the place. So finding those minutes every game is going to be tough to work out. At the moment, I've got Jackson as the backup center and Smith starting power forward, but that could very easily change and that could adjust how that goes. For Yahoo points and ESPN points, it is probably the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, for both of those formats. But his last couple of games haven't been particularly strong. They're closing with Josh Hart over him, even though Josh Hart is producing less than DiVincenzo. Um, so that does make it again harder to really get a, a full perfect sort of idea of where the value sits on this uh, on this Saturday with four games. And it's also a day that we've got to look at. Starts at a regular time, but we've got a 7 p.m. tip off Eastern and then games tip off at 8 p.m. and that's it. There's nothing late going on at all. So the day is going to be wrapped up very, very quickly uh, for Saturday's action. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Start of 2024, new year. Businesses are always sitting down making goals. What are we going to do? How are we going to get better for the season? What, what, not for the season, for the year. What do we do in 2024 to take our business to the next level? And part of that is hiring the right people. Success in business and any form of life is getting the right people around you. And LinkedIn Jobs can help you find the most qualified candidates for your jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals that they can serve your job out to to get you the right people for your job. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. 
Hiring is a real pain, and I don't know if any of you have ever done it, but you know that there are frustrations with people submitting things that don't make sense for the job, and they're clearly not right, but it still has to take your time to go through it. LinkedIn Jobs can help you get the best results. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, and they might not have the time or the resources to do the hiring process properly. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, that process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. 2023 is over. 2024 has started. We're all looking to get better. That is what we strive for every day. But making huge, huge changes is not always the answer. You have definitely improved in certain areas in your life in 2023, and getting to therapy can be a step in 2024 to build on those changes with small, long-lasting moves that help make everything in your life more fulfilling and better. To be, to be honest, that's really what it is. It's about getting better. So you might have gone through and decided that you're going to start organizing parts of your house, which I'm actually in the part, uh, process of doing at the moment, like reorganizing the garage, cataloging things like my shoes. And that's a positive step. And if you want to take that, how do I take that sort of momentum? Therapy can help you find those little things that you've done well and get the next step to get better in your life. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire. They go through, match you with a therapist who they think is going to fit. But you know what? If you go in and you meet the therapist, you go, oh, no, no way. I'm, there's no way I'm opening up to this person, which is fine. That happens, right? You just get to change therapists, no additional charge. So celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnMBA today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. So... Let's take a look at what we're actually going to be paying attention to here in the games. Um, first one is Boston and Indiana. I, if you haven't seen it, earlier today, I picked my all-star, my early selections for all-stars. I will do another one at the end of January, start of February before the all-star game. Um, and I had Derek White in the all-star game. I think he's been awesome. I don't know whether that will hold, but let's see what he does. What The usage for him has been pushing up. The shooting has been unbelievable, and the defensive stats are at career highs. Is this? I still fail to believe that it's going to be at this level, but Derek doesn't let me down, and he hasn't let me down so far. So let's see where it goes. For the Pacers, what do we do with Buddy here? I think we drop him, to be honest. I don't think you need to be holding on to Budrick at this point. Get that garbage out of here! But like I said, they can make changes at any point. His minutes are... I would need to see him back starting before I think he's a 12-team league guy, but he could play 15 minutes. He could play 30 minutes. He could have 10 points. He could have 40 points. It's really tough at the moment. So just watching how they use him with Brown, with Neesmith, with McConnell even, where does Heald fit into that? In terms of streams, with how, with um, no, with Horford playing, there are less stream options. So someone like uh, Luke Cornett is going to have better value on Friday, but you're not going to use him with 14 games. Whereas on Saturday, not as much. So Slam and Sammy Hauser, maybe. But with so few games on, you're getting 20 minutes of Hauser, nine points, three triples, it might be enough to help you. Remember, getting every... And this is another thing I wanted to bring up because we've got a shorter show here so I can actually talk a little bit longer. Someone said, I'm a new new playing fantasy, new member on Basketball Monster. Got a 16-team league and you know, it shows that only like 98 players have positive value. Is that right? How do I interpret that? And I think what we do really need to get away from, and I am guilty of it at times, but so many fantasy analysts are, is when we talk about players being positive contributors, it's just bullshit, right? And it's easier to look at Z-score rankings and to say that a player who is it score? Obviously, if you're above average, you're positive, And if you're below average, you're negative. And as a general rule, that's half versus half of the player pool you're looking at. But the thing is, is if you are a negative player, all you are is below average. 
if the average is 17 points per game for a player and someone scores 15, they're not a negative. They're still giving you 15 points. If the average is 2.1 triples and someone gives you 1.9, they're not a negative contributor. What they are is actually just slightly below average. But over half of your team, most likely, are going to be below average players. So this idea that these guys are negative contributors, is a negative contributor is impossible in the counting stats. It's impossible. The worst you can be is a zero. You can be a negative contributor in percentage categories. That is true. Everyone is a negative contributor in the turnovers category, some more negative than others. But the idea that these guys are negative players because they're not within the top half of their of the whole player pool or the categories is, I think, a misleading thing. And that guy just saying, I have thought about this and I've talked about it a little bit in the preseason, but that guy's telling me that today made me really think that we've got to be really cautious about how we talk about this. Because saying that anyone who's a negative in Z score rankings or anything like that means makes you think that they're not worth rostering, and that's just not true. So while Sam Hauser is definitely considered a negative player by those numbers, if you get nine points, three threes, four rebounds, that's nine points, three threes, and four rebounds that you wouldn't have got if you didn't have him. Now there might be someone better that you could add that would do more than that, but there also might not be. And that change in mentality, and for the majority of you, you go, yeah, of course, no shit, Josh. It's really obvious. But I know as soon as with the, the audience that watches this and listens to this and tweets at me, all that stuff, if one person asks the question, there's definitely more than, more than him or her that thinks that. So this might only hit 5% of you, might hit 10%, might hit 30% of you. It might hit 70% of you who've never thought about it, but actually just understand that as an intuitive part of playing fantasy. Is that this negative, like we say, this guy is unbelievable, he's a positive contributor in all categories. That's just not a full, rep, an above average contributor, different to positive. And I think just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm lost, my, lost my mind. It's fine. Aaron Neesmith is the stream on Indiana. Is he a positive contributor? Oh, I don't know. He's been really good. The steal rate and block rate's been way up. His shooting numbers, he's shooting like 46 from three or whatever. The minutes remain frustrating, but for now, he probably should be rostered. And then we see what happens if it does drop off at any point later on. The second game we're going to take a look at is the Knicks taking on the Wizards. We still don't fully get the Hart DiVincenzo situation with the absence of Quickly and Barrett. I thought that they would get stabilized at like 32 for Hart, 29 for Dante, but it's more like 27 and 30. And the usage hasn't jumped up as much as I thought. In fact, the biggest like minute rises and usage rise has been Grimes. Oh, Grimey, a guy that I would love to see on a different team, but it's probably not going to happen. But he's one of those guys that I'm always watching, always watching to see what happens with him. Imagine if he went to the Hawks in a DeJounte Murray trade. You obviously wouldn't be playing over Don, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, but huh, he would be very interesting. Just watch that one. Yeah, Josh Hart, let's see what he does and how they use him. And same with Tyus Jones, but this goes for the whole Wizards. How shit are they going to be? Are they going to get smashed? Are they going to limit Jones to 26, who was on a real top 30 run for one point, which is clearly unstable, unsustainable? I think he's a massive chance to get traded as well. But let's see how they distribute the minutes here. In terms of streams, it is DiVincenzo and Hart. On the Knicks side of things, and then for the Wizards, your stream is probably Denny Avdia. Uh, not Denny. Well, Denny Avdia, yes, if you're in a shallow format. But when we're talking 12s, there's not much there. It is probably DeLon Wright if you're just looking for a little bit of a bump in steals and a little bit of a bump in assists, perhaps. He's like a 19-minute player. Um, not going to really blow through and be a must-roster guy, but there's at least something there um, in terms of being a stream guy. Today's episode is also brought to you by Hungry Root. Hungry Root. You're trying to eat healthy in 2024? Well, you can munch on what Hungry Root provides. This is a meal box providing meal or easy and nutritious meal planning, building healthy habits that won't disappear by February. Sometimes you don't want to go to the grocery store. You go, I don't want to go there and buy this stuff. Like, why would I want to do that? I can just order something, get it dropped at my door. No, no stress. But it's not healthy. Eating food like that is not good. 
It's not healthy for you as a, as a long-term thing. Hungry Root gets that food delivered to your door. They have gluten-free, vegan, dairy-free, low-carb, different sort of lifestyle options as well. You save money, you save time, you reduce food waste as well, and is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. Hungry Root goes beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put the groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge. And the best part is Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, it's got to be quick to make, and contain whole and trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA channel listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked On to get 40% off your first Hungry Root and get your free veggies. That is HungryRoot.com slash Locked On. Don't forget to use our link so that they know that we sent you. Okay. Um, Irrespective of Hungry Root, what do you guys... I tell you what I've been doing a little bit more in terms of cooking is I use ChatGPT a lot. I go, these are the ingredients I got. Give me some different, um, uh, yeah, this is who I am, what I like, what I eat, who I'm cooking for. Let's try and get a couple of recipes in that maybe share some ingredients. I'm not doing waste. And it chucks stuff together for me. Then we go back and forth and it, yeah, and it create a shopping list for me. I found it so easy to do that sort of stuff um, in terms of being prepared and, and cooking stuff with a little bit of, and also taking the pressure of what, what do I want to cook. Like ChatGPT, sort it out for me. I've really enjoyed doing that. And even like with the Hungry Root situation, when they deliver that food, you can just chuck it into ChatGPT. Go, hey, what, what can we make here? These are the things I've got at home. These are the spices I've got. Let's, let's make this and, and change it around. There you go. Little little spare tip for you that you probably don't care about. The next one is the Utah Jazz and the Philadelphia 76ers. Both of these teams are on a back-to-back. In fact, all of these teams that we've spoken about are on a back-to-back Friday through Saturday. The Jazz, well, well, what do we... We just want to see the Clarkston-Sexton situation. I think I prefer Clarkson over Sexton, but that could literally change by tomorrow. And that is impacting what's happening with Keontae George there as well. But how does... Is Sexton a 24-minute guy? Not rosterable? Or 28? Rosterable. And I'm not sure we get a, a, a actually settled answer on that. I'd also watch maybe there's a sit of marketing on a back-to-back. I don't think so, but maybe. For the Sixers, Kelly Oubre, especially if Melton is out, continues to be a guy that should be rostered. I don't think that is a long-term thing, but we continue to watch what his role is. If Melton plays, does Oubre go to the bench or does Batum go to the bench? Let's see how they utilize that. In terms of streaming, Kelly Olenek is on the bench at the moment, but that could change literally at any point. In 20 minutes a night, it's probably not quite there, but it might be. He's been awesome, top 100 over the last two weeks. So you use it, I guess. It's just so confusing, that team. And then it's probably, if Ubre is not available, it's probably Batum that we look at in Philly. He's not the most sexy of players from a points league option, clearly. Category league, it's also not that great. But what he does is provide slightly negative, you know, below average numbers across the board without any gigantic negatives apart from points or gigantic below average contributions below points. But just sort of, here's some rebounds, here's some threes, here's some assists, a steal, a block. Okay, field goals, okay, free throws. Just keeping you solid while punting points as well. And that's why he always seems to come up as an interesting ad, even though he just doesn't score very much, which again is something that leads people sometimes the wrong way. The last game of the day involves the only team that's not on a back-to-back. That is the Milwaukee Bucks. They take on the Houston Rockets. I want to see what is happening with Bobby Portis because he is just not playing well now. He is well down the list. You can hold him for the low-volume game here, and they do play again on Monday, so there's some use in that. But the... Um, little surge that he had appears to be over. For the Rockets, I want to see if they use Cam Whitmore. Now, Whitmore is a guy that obviously fell in the draft a ton. He hasn't really been buried this season, but he does have an incredibly fantasy-friendly game. Steals, very high. Scoring, really there. Three volume, pretty pretty solid. Percentages, I think, could be okay. He's got a very strong fantasy upside game. I would throw it like a mini. 
mini Jason Tatum-ish. Not Jason Tatum, who's been a your top 15 player in fantasy for a while. I don't know if Whitmore ever gets to that at any point in his career, but that's the sort of overall profile that will be got. But do they continue to play him if Eason is out or if Eason is in, more to the point? In terms of streams, I do like Leaky Beasley as a stream. He's not a must-hold or must-roster guy, but we stream him in on these days. And then with Eason and Brooks, or with, with Brooks out and Eason maybe out, we can go to the wild thing, Jason Tate, who's been getting a lot of minutes. Eventually, this will be Whitmore's to take over, maybe next season. But at the moment, they are trusting Jay Sean Tate. And he is doing some stuff, I guess. In terms of chunks, Sunday or Saturday, sorry, through Wednesday. Wednesday is a higher volume day. It's a 10-game day. So it's probably not really a stream day. So we're mainly looking Saturday through Tuesday. So we've got the Knicks and Dante DiVincenzo with a Saturday-Tuesday combo. We've got Goga Badadze and the, Ma- uh, the Magic with a Sunday through Tuesday. We'll get some more information on the Magic on Friday to see what the story is there with no Fultz, no Harris, no Wagner. You've got Josh Hart with the Saturday-Tuesday combination for the um, for the Knicks. You've got Cole Anthony as well, who's got a little bit of a boost with Harris and um, Fultz likely out. He's got a Sunday-Tuesday. Aaron Neesmith's got probably the better schedule there, the Saturday-Monday combination. And then the artist formerly known as Torian Prince for the Lakers. They've got the Sunday-Tuesday situation. So it would have been wise to drop Prince to begin this this week, but you can go back and have a crack there at Sunday, Tuesday, because now they're moving into a better portion of the schedule. We're just looking for 12, 10 team streams for Saturday. Again, it's not the greatest stream day. We've got Dante DiVincenzo, Denny Avdia, Josh Hart, Aaron Neesmith, uh, and the two Callies. The two Cali O's, in fact, Kelly Olinick and Kelly Oubre Jr. All these guys should be available in a large chunk of 10 team formats. All of those ones can be options in 12s as well. And then because of the rest of the 12-team list is not very strong. We've got uh, Nico Batum, Isaiah Jackson, DeLon Wright, Simone Fontecchio, who I think will continue to start. You've got Sticks, Jalen Smith, and you've got the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate on there as well. For 14-team and deeper leagues, we go Sammy Hauser. We do go Luke Cornett, even though Al Horford will play. It's Chris Dunn. There's a Men Thompson who's starting to put together some better numbers. There is Paul Reed, even though he's a backup. And there is Bilal Kulabali in Washington, even though his production has fallen pretty precipitously of late. Lastly, we go to points leagues to have a look at the guys here available, 55% plus of leagues. Dante DiVincenzo, Josh the Hitman Hart, the speaker Keontae George, Aaron Neesmith, Sticks, Jalen Smith, and Isaiah Jackson. A lot of paces in there because there is only the four games on and the paces team is a really weird team, obviously, to try and figure out what is going on. And that will bring us to the end of this show. If you are here on the YouTube side, you know what to do. You hit subscribe, you ring the bell, you give a thumbs up and you leave your comments. If you're on the audio side, come across and respond to one of the comments that I made here on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, go download the audio as well. You know what that makes you. It makes you a double banger and we all want to do that. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.